Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. John chapter 14, verses 15, 16, 17, 18, 25, and 26. John chapter 16, verses 5, 6, and 7. This will be short, just, just an introduction. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another. Could you say the word another? Another comforter that this comforter may abide with you forever. Even this comforter who is called also the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because the world sees him not and doesn't even know who he is. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, or I will not leave you as an orphan. Verse 25, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you now. But the Comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance or your memory, what sort of the things I have said unto you. Chapter 16, verse 5. But now I am going away to the one, that is the Father who sent me, and not one of you is asking me where I am going. Instead, you grieve because you because of what I told you. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. Could you say expedient? It is expedient that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Again, I, I want to speak to you briefly. This, is, uh, this month I'm really excited and about reintroducing to all of us, including myself, reintroducing to us the Holy Spirit. And for, for this month, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Then for a young adult, October 20th to the 22nd, we'll be here joining other young adults uh, for a Ruach conference. Ruach means the wind and the breath of God. And I'm believing, God, by the end of this month, we will not be the same church. We will not be the same church. Now, when you look at this, this text in chapter 14, you got to start at 13, and you know, it's good the way what um, Elder uh, Albert and Ginny Pino shared, because chapter 13 uh, deals with the Last Supper, which of course we took uh, communion, and those words that they read from Scripture uh, took place in chapter 13. It is the chapter where Jesus uh, uh, washes the disciples' feet, including Judas, who was about to betray him. Uh, he not only washes their feet, but you got to think in mind that while 
this communion that we took and all this that took place 20, 20 years, 20 hours from that moment, Jesus would be on the cross being executed. So within a 24-hour period of taking what we call communion, <laughs> he, he's going to now, he's now going to make the wine and the bread a reality, which is his blood and his body. Are you following me so far? And so you have Jesus not only washing the disciples' feet, but he then gives them this new commandment in John chapter 31, 13, verse 31, 39, around there, where he says, a new commandment I'm giving to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Then he says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another, not for. What's the difference? Well, get this bottle of anointing oil and Brother Aaron, if I, you can just stand up right there. Okay, so if I have this bottle of oil, Holy Spirit, for you, that means you have to come up and get it. Okay, you don't have to come. But that's, 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 that's I have, and sometimes that's the way we are. I have some love for you, but you're going to have to work to come to get it. But love to you means I have the love, but I'm going to get it to you. Are you following me? And that's what God did for us. He, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. He didn't have his son like, okay, if you want to come and get it. No, his son came down. Love to us. This is, this is the mark of discipleship. Who are you giving love that is the love of God to? How are you and I inconveniencing ourselves to give love to? How, how are we going to the broken, to the hurt? How, how are we, instead of rushing out the door because we have our own thing, no, we kind of notice out of the side of our eye, somebody's, no, they're struggling. Somebody is looking a little down. Could I just put a pause on my schedule and go to that person? and pray for them. Are you following me so far? And so now, and then he starts sharing with them about all of what they're going to go through when he's gone. He talks about, and this is all, he talks about, and this is all chapter um, 13, he talks about how they're going to be excommunicated from the synagogue, meaning you're going to be treated like tax collectors who were not allowed to go in the synagogue and worship. He tells them that they're going to eventually be, with the exception of John, though John, you know, he's writing this, so he's the only disciple who's actually left alive at the time in his writing, apostle. And he says, uh, you, you all are also going to be martyred. You're going to be killed. And so when you hear this narrative in chapter 13 about you're going to be kicked out of the, 
out of the church, out of the synagogue. And people are going to persecute you thinking that they're doing God a favor. You hear all that. And, and think about the disciples. You're hearing all this. And then you, you're actually, I think I would be a little bit concerned. And Jesus is saying also, like, no, I'm going to be going away. You follow me? And then he says in verse the next chapter, verse 1, that's why he says, with all that's going to happen to you, let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> I'd be like, well, what do you mean, let not my heart be troubled? And then he begins to talk to them about the Holy Spirit. And he talks to them about how he's going to leave. And I could imagine... The, the panic or confusion that these men are, are thinking about. What, what, what do you mean you're going to leave? Jesus is, has been with them for three, three and a half years. They've seen him heal the sick. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen him a number of times feed thousands of people with bread, a loaf of bread, or, or, or some fish. They've seen all this, and now he says to them, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to leave you another comforter. Now, if I'm the disciples, I'd be like, I don't want another person. How many of you... Uh, parents and you've had a babysitter for your children. Any parents with a babysitter for the children? None of you at all, huh? Okay, just, yeah, and so what happens many times is, is you know, your child may like a certain babysitter. This is the person I want. But you can't get that babysitter, so you say, oh, Johnny, oh, Mary, um, here, no, this person's going to, and they're, ah, I don't want them. No, no. They don't want another comforter. So you have these disciples saying, what do you mean another comforter? And, it, and it's a powerful word because another is just not another, but it is this Greek word, uh, uh, alos, or alos, that's how you pronounce it, alos, and it means I'm going to leave you another of the same kind. I'm going to leave you a comforter just like me. I'm going to leave one who is similar to me, but not exactly like me. Are you following so far? So let me give you an example. So I have here water. You can believe that it's water. It says water and it hasn't been opened, so let's assume it's water. Okay? And then... I have, let me see here, I have ice. So I have ice and I have water. Now, if I hold, see, now I'm holding this ice long enough and it's now starting to melt. So let's say I take this ice, it turns into water, and I put it in a pot or a frying pan, and I turn up some heat in the oven, 
And all of a sudden, that water starts to boil. Are you following me? And as it boils, it becomes steam. And if you leave the flame under the water long enough, all of the water will eventually turn into steam. Are you tracking with me? And yet, the ice cube and the water and the steam, though they don't look the same, they are actually the same. One's ice, solid, one is liquid, and one is steam. And all three are still the same because all three are H2O. So Jesus is saying, I've been walking with you, but I'm going to send somebody who is the same as me, but he is different. And the good news is that when I send him, it is actually going to be expedient for you that I send him. And I'm saying this to say that many of us are like, oh, if I could only, if only I was like the disciples and had Jesus with me, who walked with me. And Jesus is saying to us, I've done something better. I've given you another Jesus, another comforter who, me as Jesus, I can be with Peter here, but I can't be with John there. I can't be with my mother Mary there. I can't be with my half-brothers James and Jude there I, because I am limited. But when I die on the cross and rise again, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who not only can be with Peter and, and, and John and my mom Mary and my brothers James and Jude, he not only can be with them all together at the same time, no matter where they are, are you with me? He actually will also be inside of them. And I like what Paul says in, in um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory, your hope of change. And, and the beautiful thing about this Holy Spirit, uh, this person, he is a person. Now, I know sometimes we hear uh, the Holy Spirit compared to fire, but he's not fire. We hear that he's compared to uh, wind. He's not wind. He, he, we, we compare him to things so that we can comprehend who he is, but he's not things, and he, he is a person, but he's not even a person in the sense of a human being. He is God. God is walking with you. And what I'm hoping to do is by the end of this month that we would start treating the Holy Spirit like a person instead of a thing. Because I believe that the more we treat him as a person, the more he will do in our lives what he was sent to do. It's interesting that Jesus said, he said, um, 
and I'm getting a little ahead of myself. He said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. And isn't it interesting that Paul says, I believe it's in Romans chapter 6, he said, we have the Holy Spirit, and he's called the spirit of adoption. And the Holy Spirit inside of you gives you the ability to say, Abba, Father. Without the Holy Spirit, you and I wouldn't even recognize that God is our Father. The Holy Spirit, and I'll close with this, he says, Jesus says, not only will I send this, the Holy Spirit, who is the same as me, who is similar to me, but he's a little different because I can only walk with you, but he can walk with you and live inside of you. But he also says that in, in, in chapter 16, it is expedient for you that I go away. It is, and when I looked up expedient, I was like, are you kidding me? Other translations say it is profitable that I go away. It is actually a good thing that I go away. It is beneficial that I go away. It is to your advantage that I go away. It's the best thing that can happen to you that I go away. It is better for you that I go away. This is all different translations. It is a good thing. In fact, it is a God thing that I go away. It is a gift that I go away. It speeds things up for you that I go away. It is expedient that I go away. I want to close with this. When I was looking up that word expedient, and of course I thought of Expedia.com and how it makes things easier. You, get, you can actually either order what you want or get things bundled. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we get the Holy Spirit, we, we, we get God bundled. <laughs> we get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living in us. I was struck by the fact that the word expedia or expedition or expeditious, it is, it is our English word, it's made up of two words, ex, which means to get out of. So I've said this many times, but if you're a first time guest, uh, this will be the first time you're here. So when we see the word exit, ex means out, and ere means to go. So exit, the etymology of the word exit is to go out. But expeditious or expedite, ex means to get out of, and pedus, from which we get our English word podiatrist, it means to get the foot out. To get the foot out. So the picture of the word expedite means to get the foot out of a chain. To get the foot out of bondage. 
Why is that so important? Because when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Are you following me so far? And, and so what happens is that once the Holy Spirit comes in my life, he, he, he frees me to be able to walk with him. Are you tracking with me so far? And, and so... There's four things that he frees my feet to do. Number one, if you're taking notes, because I don't have it up here, he frees me to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. He frees me to walk by faith and not by sight. That's why I can praise God for my deliverance, even though physically I don't feel free, but I see through the eyes of faith that he's going to set me free. The other thing is he also has the ability to free me so that, and this is the biggest lie of the devil, because though God forgives us for sin, we don't have to sin. I know that that strikes you. God, in other words, Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of your human desires. Say this with me, I don't have to sin. Now, there is an insurance plan that says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if I sin... If we confess our sin, he is faithful. But just because he is faithful to forgive us for our sins, please, please don't think that we have to live our life in the bondage of sin. Galatians says, stand firmly in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free and thank you, Elder Albert, you talked about the straitjacket. He says, be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. When, when God breaks out of your life toxic relationships, don't tangle yourself back in them. Amen, lights. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says we can also, once, once we are set free to walk, he says, walk, walk worthy of our calling. Every one of you have a call from the Lord. It's not just me as a minister. God has called all of you for something, and, and he's called you some of you need to understand that your whole life is a life on mission. You are a missionary to the school that you got into because you didn't get yourself in that school, God did. When you get a job, 
I was talking to somebody recently. I said, you know what? The beautiful thing about living life on mission is that if I don't get a certain job, that means God didn't want me to get that job. Because when God puts me in a certain place, whether it's a house, uh, an apartment, or a job, he puts me there not just for my comfort. He puts me there for a life on mission. When I was, uh, got into uh, 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 Matlon High School, which is no, no longer open, <laughs> I, there's only two blacks in my entire class, me and uh, another young man. We were only two that graduated. But by the grace of God, I realized that God put us together and sent me to Matinon so I could witness to that young man. And he gave his life to Jesus. And we're both now 64, and we still, he's still serving the Lord. I got a job working for Cambridge Hospital as a budget analyst. Watch this, you gotta be, gotta be careful. I was upset because they weren't paying me what I thought I should be paid and I was gonna leave the job and the Lord told me stay at that job and so I stayed at the job. Mm -hmm. It's quiet in here, it's quiet. I stayed at the job, mm -hmm. it's quiet in here. I stayed at the job because I realized it's a kingdom assignment, it ain't about the money. Mm -hmm. Honey, could you say preach, preacher? Thank you, thank you. The last day of my job, the last day, because I, I was about to become a uh, pastor of the church, a woman walks into my office and starts pouring out things that happened in her life that I was like, whoa. And I told her, well, I'm becoming a pastor of a church in Cambridge. She came to the church two months later, and we just so happened to be singing a song that spoke to the horrific thing that happened to her. We were singing while she walked into church, I went to the enemy's camp and took back what he stole from me. She ended up getting saved, and her son ended up getting saved, and her son ended up going to Tufts University and brought a, the first crew of Tufts students, of which one of them is Tammy. Where is Tammy here from? Yep, Tammy. Uh, and, and she's now a minister at Union Baptist Church, uh, Loretta St. Louis. And the Lord said, was it worth you staying at that job to see a whole family transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Don't let, the, don't let Satan use natural things to kick you out of a spiritual mission. It, it, thank, I need to say it again. Don't let Satan use natural things, a coworker you can't get along with, uh, a toxic environment, and or, or, or horrific pain, and I'm not, I'm saying that you need to hear from the Lord, because the devil, sometimes he wants to chase you out of the place that God has for you. 
You have no idea what God is doing behind the scenes. I think I'm speaking to somebody right now. The devil's trying to keep you chained to circumstances. And Paul says, walk worthy of the call. Walk in the liberty that Christ has made you free. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, we're going to learn more about walking with the Holy Spirit. I, I've been I've been a, a, a Christian, I've been saved, I've been walking with God uh, for 54 years. And I said to myself, Lord, I want to be, I know, I, know, I know a lot about the Holy Spirit, but I want to be reintroduced to you. Show me, show me the new things I need to know about you so that you can do in me all that you want to do in me. You're here right now, and you, you've done the church thing, and you enjoyed the music, but it's not about the church, it's about the, not about the music. Jesus wants to come into your life, and even right now, the Holy Spirit is knocking at the door of your heart and saying, could you let me in? Because I want to abide with you. I want to live with you. I, I want, I want, I don't, I don't so want to, I don't so much want to do life with you. I want you to do life with me because I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> I, I want to put you in places and spaces you never dreamed you could get into, but that's because you don't know what I created you to do. Your life matters to God. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed before we conclude this service. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, meaning you never asked Jesus to come into your life, you have the opportunity to do that now. Or if you were once walking with the Lord and you were kind of like, oh, let me come to church. And God has been speaking to you about coming back to him, not coming back to church, coming back to him. And you're like, Bishop, could you pray for me? We're not going to have you uh, come up to the altar. We're not going to have you say anything that you have to speak to the audience. No, we, we, I just want the opportunity to pray with you that Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit can come into your life and do wonders. Oh, you are not here by accident. The Holy Spirit brought you here. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I'm the only one looking. If you saying, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me? Could you slip up your hand so that I can know who I'm praying for? I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. I, I see that hand. God bless you. Keep your hand out. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God, I see that hand. God, I see that hand. God bless you. Keep your hand up high.
keep your hand up high. And, and while you keep your hand up high, because we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna say a prayer and you're gonna repeat the prayer, but everybody's gonna repeat it. Wow, so many hands are up, my goodness. We're all gonna repeat the prayer and that way you don't have to be self-conscious about who's listening to me because this is about God listening to you. But you're lifting up your hand as if to say, God, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here. So repeat after me, keep your hands up and everybody repeat after me. Dear Lord, I come to you this afternoon and I'm asking you to come into my life and make me a child of God. Jesus, the Bible says, whoever calls on your name shall be saved. And so Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling on you. Come into my life and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. Right now I know I am your child. Now if you believe that, and if you believe that with these people who just gave their life to Jesus, could we just give God praise and thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the gift. Wow, so many hands were raised. Amen, 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 amen. I wish I could, I wish you could have seen it, but I wanted you to keep your eyes closed. But a lot of people raised their hand to receive Jesus. Come on, folks. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Unless you want to stay here, because I'm going to be leaving. Let's all stand. <laughs> I am excited about this month. I'm excited about this month. I want to challenge you, those of you who raise your hands and those of you who already walk with the Lord. I want you to go throughout this week walking with the Holy Spirit as a person. And every time he does something, the, the Sunday school kids used to call it a God sighting. Maybe you walked in the store and you found a sale. Maybe someone sent you a text who you haven't heard, but keep a list for this week. I call it my Jehovah Sneaky List. The old hymn calls it, count your blessings. I guarantee you, I've discovered, God's attitude is, oh, seeing that you're paying attention, watch what I do. I don't know about you, but I don't like giving a gift to somebody and they don't know that they got the gift. And the way the mail works sometimes, Aldenita, I, I usually call and say, hey, did you get the mail? Okay, no offense if you work for the post office, but you know, there's, there's sometimes some stuff going on. But my point is, is that when God does something and you notice and say, thank you, Jesus, he'll do more. But when he does something, for some of you, just to, just to be able to wake up in the morning, give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. At my age now, when I can jump around like this, I say, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I got a knee brace on, but thank you, Jesus. I said to my wife, I'm going to take some Advil and Tylenol when I get home, but thank you, Jesus. Because... What I don't want to do, listen to me, what I don't want to do is 
not be able to praise him. And then now I'm crying, oh God. And God's like, when you had an opportunity to praise me and run around and lift your hands, I, I don't need something negative to happen to me to not praise him now. Every Friday, you know, every Friday I take my mom out for a date. She's 86 years old. Uh, why don't you wave, Mom, because some of the people don't know who you are, okay? okay? And every once in a while, I'll see somebody who doesn't know me, and they're like, who's that? You Because know, I know I'm home. Who's that? And they said, and I said, oh, that's my mom. And they have this look on their face, and they say, I wish my mom was still around. And it reminds me, I'm a blessed man. Okay. Some of you may need to go back home or while you're sitting there, text your parents and say thank you. Text a brother, friend, thank you. I'm telling you, God is going to do some unusual things. And I'm hoping that you all are willing to go on a ride with me. Let me say this and then I'll close. As we were in the service, I was like, God, this, this service is kind of going a little slow. <laughs> I said, Lord, and I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. I'm saying that when you obey the Holy Spirit, he will show up. The Lord told me it was about, it was about a 20 minutes to, no, it was about 1130, Aaron. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, get up, get in your car, come down to the church and pray from midnight to one o'clock in the morning and then go back home. Now, I could have said, la, 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 I don't hear you. I rebuke you, devil. But I was obedient. I sat right there and just prayed in the spirit for an hour. So now we're doing this service, and I said, God, I did not come down to the church for an hour for this. You do something unusual. And didn't he show up? So before I give you the closing blessing, could we give God a standing ovation? I know a lot of you were praying, but I'm expecting God to do I have expect, do you have expectation? If you do, let, let's give him praise on credit. I have expectation, amen. I want you to put your hands out, but if you're new, we don't close with a closing prayer, we close with a closing blessing. And the, uh, the Bible study, uh, the Bible study class group, that meets, we call, we call the well. They meet at, we meet, we meet at seven o'clock on Tuesdays. And um, I was struck by the lesson, uh, um, Elder Jenny, yeah, you spoke on, was Colossians? Colossians, and I, I was struck by that, and the Lord, I looked at Colossians, and I wanna, I wanna give you a closing blessing based on Colossians chapter one, verses nine, to 11, okay? So this is the blessing. Are you ready? May the Lord fill you with the knowledge of his will 
May the Lord give you wisdom and understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit. Again, this is Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Paul prayed this prayer for the church there. May the Lord help you to walk or live your life worthy of him. This week, may the Lord help you to please and honor him in every way. This week, may the Lord God help you to be fruitful that is full of results in every good work. May the Lord help you to keep growing and increasing in your knowledge of him and in the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord strengthen you this week with all might according to his glorious power so that, oh my Lord, we have all patience and endurance. We have all the patience and endurance we need to get through the week. <laughs> oh, that was an amen. May God regularly fill you with all joy, giving him thanks and appreciation for his enabling power. And finally, this one's found in the book of Isaiah. May God bless you to see the new thing God is doing in your life this week. Now it springs forth. May God bless you to perceive it, to know it, to give heed to it, and to pay attention to it. And everybody say, that blessing.